So hi, Dimitris. How was the EclipseCon? So you also attended. We had a brief chat. So uh, you liked the conference? Was it busy? I just spent, I think, one hour at the conference. So I, I have basically no impression. <laughs> For me, it was also the first time at EclipseCon Europe. Um, first of all, I like the venue. It's it's a very nice venue. The big room is fantastic. Um, and the type of people normally a bit different that, than um, what I'm used for normally. Like, uh, you know, it's a mix of, of developers. There's too many Eclipse people, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of SGI people. Um, and, but there was also a lot of micro profile talks. Uh, which is great. Um, there was quite a few Quarkus related talks. Um, so I think overall it was, it was very nice, actually. I liked it. I'm, I might go again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I delivered a talk and I look at the audience and I recognize his faces were no most skilled micro profile and uh, micro profile even committers. So I said, no, mm -hmm. why I should keep explaining, you know, how it works and I just change a little bit. The topics, how how I see Jakarta e and and Microprofile on the fly. So for me, it's also interesting mm -hmm. uh, experience because usually in my talks are lots of developers on projects, and and the EclipseCon were more like a expert conference almost. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, first, this week mm -hmm. uh, I spent some time at the Airhex workshops, and I missed. Quarkus 1.0 GA. So it seems like Quarkus 1 is released, right? Yeah, uh, just uh, last Monday. So it's this week, basically. Um, so we're there. Actually, we released even a 1.0.1 yesterday because there was a security fix and, uh, you know, we wanted it out. So, so yeah, this is... Uh, it's a big milestone for Quarkus. It's a big milestone after eight months in the community as a project and then before that as a as a research project um and now i think we are at the point where we have a, a stable base so the so the base apis should be you know stable um and then we can put more emphasis on extensions more extensions uh more uh, reactive stuff um usability improvements uh, and so on so so yeah i think uh, that was a big milestone for us in the community yeah even more extensions i recently just did you know the corcus list extensions and i found the amount of extensions basically doubled because you added all the camel stuff as well right yeah 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 no you you'll see like um, you know many more coming and um and I, well i want to point out <laughs> For the one zero release, we want to say thank you, you know, to the community contributors and so on. And we had to do the exercise to, you know, find them, find them, you know, who are they? And we had something like 97 external contributors. So that's outside Red Hat and another 93 in, from inside Red Hat. So. So we're all, you know, already fifty-fifty and a, and a big number. So, so that's it's a good problem to have. Now we have to, you know, send something a T-shirt of. And I think you are one of them, right? I saw your name in the <laughs> committers list. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know what the committers. So I my pull request was accepted, but uh, it was trivial. 
but uh yeah. what uh what i found this is actually funny because uh, i thought uh, that there was like port in docker missing or something and i say okay uh, i don't like to write you know bug reports i say okay it takes a long time and i have to describe everything so let's just fix it and ship it so it probably is easier and see what happens and it was immediately accepted and I said, okay, great. Now I save some time, you know. So this was <laughs> actually time-saving experience. Go. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, we are all for time-saving stuff, basically. Um, and the people are very much, you know, no nonsense. And uh, so, no, it, it works works pretty well. Um, 93, developers, me, 90, 93 yeah, yeah. developers at Red Hat. I didn't even knew that Red Hat has so many developers. I didn't know either. <laughs> no, no, seriously, because uh, I mean, let's say the, the let's say the core team. It's not ninety three, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, f- from all over Red Hat, people are coming up. Oh, you know, here's a pull request. Here's a pull request. So <laughs> again, it's it's a good problem to have to have people wanting to, you know, to help and uh, do stuff on the project. So that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but it's also dangerous, right? You should be careful to 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 be still on track, not to accept too much and to be still opinionated, right? Well, every pull request goes through review. You know, it's the, the standards are are quite high to, to to get in. You know, for the at least for the important stuff. So uh, there are still you know many just waiting there. Uh, so on it's. That's an important aspect you, you pointed out there. On one hand, you want this opinionated view and consistent. On the other hand, you want to expand and not discourage people from uh, trying out things mm-hmm. on Quarkus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to some extent, you might see a differentiation there. So, so, so far... Pretty much like all the extensions became part of Quarkus, okay? Mm-hmm. And and now we have some uh, scheme to say that uh, this is preview, this is table, okay? Mm-hmm. Just to separate the two. But the idea there is, um, and we put it that, that that's in one zero. So there's the Quarkus base, the Quarkus core. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you have the, the Quarkus distribution. And in the Quarkus distribution, we have what we call the Quarkus universe. Mm-hmm. So, so there you will you will get to see everything. You'll you'll see all extensions, and and again they will be split like preview, stable, and so on. Now, uh, when all that comes to to a state where it's uh, supportable by Red Hat, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and that should come next year, and um, Red Hat will do then our own evaluation and say, you know, those pieces were confident we can support like, like not long term uh, and we will mark them at our such. Uh, those other things, you know, you can use on your own, basically. Uh, so as to have both things, you know, both have like an extensive ecosystem and also something for us that is, we feel we're confident with, we can support. So, yeah. So let's see how this goes. Uh, but that's that's the idea. So, uh, to, for my understanding, so what I understood is that we will we have some core Quarkus extensions, like for instance the uh, uh, Arc, the dependency injection, and uh, Juxars, whatever. It just belongs to Quarkus. 
And then we have mm -hmm. a broader set of uh, extensions. This would be the Quarkus universe, and this could be whatever we like. So, uh, and this will be still somehow maintained by Red Hat. So, if I will do list extensions, I will see the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Well, basically, well, I, uh, let's say there are three things. Yeah. There's the Quarkus core, uh, which is like the core libraries and core extensions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then there's more extensions mm -hmm. that are written either by Red Hat or by external co contributors mm -hmm. that we consider to be like stable, stable, mm -hmm. stable, and supportable. Mm -hmm. And then there will be all extensions. Mm -hmm. Everything else that would be visible to you so that you can use. We don't want to discourage people writing their own extensions. But for like this like full superset, uh, we might not guarantee that this, you know, will work in all cases or that we can support it like in the long term. Um, but we want you to, to see them and be able to use them. Let's say you have, you've written your own extension in-house, but then nevertheless you want to publish it, uh, but you don't want to support it to yourself for others. Yeah. But, but it's still there. It might work for others without official support. So. Yeah, but the no. question is, if I do the Maven list extensions from Quarkus, will be the way to see, you know, the core extension and then the extended ones, or I would just see the core extensions, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there, there will be a way to, to differentiate and say, oh, I want all, or I want, like, the, the supported ones. Hey, cool. Okay, this is what I've thought, because uh, everyone could write a Quarkus extension, but it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, at the... Quarkus registries, so like uh, everyone can build a Maven plugin, but it is not in Maven Central. And uh, the list extension will search for the, I would say, more core extensions first, and then there will be a way to extend the search to the universe, right? Which is yeah, set yeah. of registered extensions. Yeah. So I don't remember exactly the flag or how we're going to do it, but yeah, yeah but something will come. Yeah. 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 What could be also a nice idea. Uh, to have something like composite extensions because my problem, well, my only problem with Quarkus is uh, from the beginning, I need a couple of extensions that are mostly the same. So I always need JTA, JaxRS, uh, mm -hmm. Panache sometimes. Uh, uh, and so I need, I would say, on and all small array extensions, basically the entire MicroProfile Plus uh, additional one. And what I did, mm -hmm. I created a quirky, quirky uh, archetype. The problem is, Quarkus moves too fast, so I frequently, you know, update the versions. <laughs> uh, and uh, it could be nice to have something like, let's say, uh, how to call it, uh, let's say, um, Adam extension or Duke extension, which which comprises my own extensions. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you can. I think you can properly emulate this by mm -hmm. writing a, a no-op extension that, however, introduces the dependency to the thing that you're interested in. So hey, cool. then, when you Include mm -hmm. this, it includes everything else. Yeah, yeah, this is actually a good idea. I will think about this because the, uh, yeah. I, I create a lot of you know Quarkus projects, and I always have to do the same. And this could be actually mm -hmm. solve the problem. So I get you know Quarkus power with Jakarta E like uh, uh, look and feel. Yeah, because now if you include, for example, I don't know DuxRS, uh, right? It will bring in CDI by mm -hmm. default. So it's exactly the same mechanism. You are right. So I will steal the ideas from JaxRS. I will uh, take a look at the source code and try to experiment yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. 
perfect. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, uh, I think the Quarkus, I would categorize Quarkus, uh, one of the most popular or successful projects even in history of, 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 of back-end Java, I would say, except probably Tomcat mm -hmm. at the beginning or something like this, because you said eight months. And what I can tell you, uh, in my projects, in my universe, is mostly back-end Java, enterprise Java. Everyone knows about Quarkus. So this is what I can tell you. So if I have projects, I say, hey, you knew about Quarkus, either they say yes, and in more than a half percent of all cases, they um, um, they say, 50% uh, of our cases, they say, we evaluating Quarkus right now. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. And uh, I mean, thanks to the, to the team and the community. Um, I can tell you, though, that if you go a bit like uh, more far out, you'll see it's still, you know, it's not, there are places it's not very known. So like two weeks ago, I went, I was invited actually to a conference in Romania, DevCon. I went there and few people knew about Quarkus. So there's still, let's say, virgin areas that, you know, they don't, don't know too much about it yet. Uh, so you'll, you'll find places uh, if you go beyond the normal, the big one, the big conferences and, yeah. you know. I'm in Romania next so, week and Romania next year, so we could change that, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you go? Where is, what is it? So uh, next week is uh, is a is a is a private workshop, but uh, wow. I'm invited at DevOx, huh, either Cluj or Bucharest. I forgot about that. Okay, great. Well, spread some Quarkus love then. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, cool, uh, cool. So uh, I wanted to say Kulkus, <laughs> Quarkus, Kulkus as as well. So this will be the next project. Um, um, why are we actually talking? So this no, no, the uh, Quarkus one zero is in between, but. I found your tweet where you... Oh, another thing before we start. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Quarkus requires, you know, uh, it doesn't come with the uh, all setting from Bin6ML. And uh, what it means is uh, I have to annotate classes in order to be injected. And um, I... Yeah, so it works. But, but I frequently forgot about that. And then I got, you know, crazy idea. What What should be possible is actually to put artificial annotation on all the classes during Quarkus build, right? This should work. So that's what you want to achieve with that? Um, yeah, the problem right now is that Quark, usually in, Jakar, in, in, in MicroProfile and in Jakarta E, what I'm doing is um, I in the bin 6 ml I can say, uh, oh, what's the name? Uh, some strategy all, and what it does is um, all the classes are injectable. Mm -hmm. It means mm -hmm. uh, if I uh, inject Soros, I can just go with add inject and inject plain POJOs. So Quarkus mm -hmm. does not support that. So what I have to do is I have to annotate my POJOs with dependent or default or whatever in order to be injected. Uh-huh. Okay. But actually, okay. it could be a hack because we have a Quarkus build. So what I could do is I could just put during the build annotation on all classes, right? Um, I suppose you could. Um, well... I think it's a usability issue. Um, yeah, just usability. Ha yeah. Ha have you started the thread somewhere on the list? or? No, it's just a crazy idea. Just to talking mm -hmm. with you. This was just a brief mm -hmm. idea. And they say, uh, I could write an extension, whatever. I mean, this is not that hard. I did it with CDI extensions back then. And now, I mean, what we only have to do is just to annotate all not annotated classes, which I'm shipping. And this should be actually good enough. 
Okay. So then I guess for your uh, quarky extension with all the dependencies, you could add this piece of functionality there as an optional thing, you know? Yeah, but this uh, could actually work. There's nothing, <laughs> right? The only thing could be if you have too many classes, there could be some performance issues, which are potentially yeah. always, but I had the same problem back then with CDI. So, I mean, if it's too slow, we should somehow yeah. configure that. But Well, uh, you know, we, we use this... Um... Uh, annotation indexer, Zandex in Quarkus, where everything is loaded once, more or less, and there's, there's very fast ways to query and say, oh, you know, give me all bins with these properties. and uh, So it's quite it's quite fast. Okay. If you haven't so I looked try at it. it. So there's Christmas yeah. and all around the corner, so there, there's no more time to, <laughs> to hack things. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so now the actual reason. So you 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 had a tweet like, I'm 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 writing uh, a little bit uh, Quarkus code to migrate away from Spring Boot to Quarkus, and this made me curious mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I say okay, this is actually interesting because uh, I I always get questions about Bootstrap as uh, Bootstrap. I say Spring Boot, and I have mm -hmm. no experience with Spring Boot. Actually, all my projects mm -hmm. are Microprofile Jakarta. -y. So first, why you are doing this? Why someone migrates from Spring Boot to uh, Quarkus? All right. So when when we started Quarkus, of course, the the first idea was uh, let let's do what we call a greenfield de development. Right? You do new stuff. You have knowledge from Java E, Jakarta E, or you know Microprofile, and you want to start with Quarkus and, and do things. Um, I used to say that in reality, there's no, there's no such thing as greenfield. There's like maybe greyfield because anytime you start, you bring in your knowledge and you have to integrate with certain, you know, things outside your application. Um, you know, some frameworks, you want to use some libraries, you want to connect to Kafka or whatnot. Um, and there's just too many people with this. You know, they start with Quarkus and the first thing that comes to their mind is, uh, oh, you know, how, how do this? And many of them come from Spring Boot. Mm -hmm. Spring Boot is hugely um, successful, right, and, and known. So so the idea is what if, if we can offer some Spring APIs on, on top of Quarkus to make this transition easier. So you want to, you know how to write a, Spring controller, you know, um, so why not offer those APIs so someone could get started? So it's not, it's not like you can get an existing Spring Boot app and run it on Quarkus without any change. So that's, that's not the intention and this will quite likely never happen. But if you want to migrate your knowledge or even start breaking out an existing app and porting into Quarkus, you could start, you know, with some familiar APIs and and either keep them or at some point if you discover that the equivalent, let's say Jakarta or, you know, JPA or those APIs are good enough for you, maybe you, you also migrate those. But uh, yeah, so the idea was start implementing some Spring APIs to make transition easier. Uh, and see how that goes. Um, and it's quite interesting. Did, did you see Giorgio's talk at DevOps, by the way? No, not yet. No. What, what no, I it's, saw is a tweet like the um, 
Vodafone, I think, is migrating from Spring Boot to Quarkus, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Vodafone was a kind of a different case because they took their Spring Boot app and they rewrote it on Quarkus. So yeah, and why they, they did it? They, according to them, right? Yeah. Uh, according to them, uh, they they saw it. It wasn't hard to do it. It wasn't hard. The, the APIs are not very different, and the functionality they offer. And they wanted to have more of a clean, uh, let's say, implementation uh, on Quarkus to go more to the Quarkus way, to the uh, Jakarta uh, microprofile, you know, mm -hmm. or Quarkus APIs. And it yeah. wasn't hard. But That's why they said, yeah, they wasn't, it wasn't hard. And they got also, you know, the productivity boost with the developer mode and and all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this that, is, that worked for them. Yeah. This, this is interesting because um, if I deliver talks, after the talks, people came to me and asked me, should we migrate Spring Boot to MicroProfile? And I say, I have no idea. I can just tell you what I am doing. If you like what you see, you can do it or just keep running on Spring Boot. I, can, I have no idea. So this was more interesting than a tweet because someone actually did it and the question why they did it. So um, what was the business case? So, I mean, Spring Boot is said, yeah, a REM. Okay, and I will get it. The the business case was, uh, first of all, they had many apps mm -hmm. uh, and they were very heavy. Okay. When we when we talked initially, they were telling us uh, one of the main apps was taking 120 seconds to boot, right? 120, uh, which was like a lot and was taking a lot of memory and they had many instances of that. Okay. And they were trying to see how to do it. So... So they did the all all the optimizations they could do, you know, on the Spring Boot side to bring that lower. And I think they managed to bring it to something like, uh, I don't know, 50, 60 seconds to boot, uh, which was an improvement. But, of course, memory didn't go down. And then they, they wrote the equivalent in Quarkus, and the very first run, I think, to, started in either 25 or 20 seconds, the same thing. And it took like 40% of the memory. Okay. <laughs> so when they saw that, when they saw that they, oh, you know, that, that was huge for them, right? That was, that was a huge improvement. And then I think they tried also OpenG9 and, and boot time went even further down, went down to 17 seconds or 14 uh, and memory even a, a bit a bit more or less, which was also very interesting. So they got they got a huge boost with Quarkus. The developer productivity was also they mentioned a number like thirty percent higher in terms of how fast they could write mm -hmm. code, mm -hmm. uh, and that was for essentially Spring Boot users that did the transition. It wasn't it wasn't you know. Jakarta e fans or Java e fans. It was like you know ordinary developers. Uh, so I think that's a good metric. That's a good metric that shows that you know it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it was an excellent reference actually. It was it was great and um, yeah. Yeah, and it's I, also interesting because what strikes me that it's two minutes. So what the, the origin Spring Boot application booted in two minutes. And with uh, some modification, and then was uh, uh, changed to put in fourteen seconds. 
And uh, what's interesting uh, in my Jakarta E or Java E projects, what what usually takes time is are the named queries in JPA. So if the, you know mm -hmm. the boot takes too long, usually there are lots of queries that have to be processed by the database. But it seems like in this particular case, something else was the problem, like, I don't know, bin discovery or dependency injection or whatever. So it, it was a large app, a large app. Um, why Quarkus were faster? You, you look at that? So was it like... Um, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the number one thing is a typical Spring Boot app uh, brings in too much stuff, just too much stuff, you know, tons okay. of dependencies. Okay. And that that's usually, you know, the primary reason where, you know, it takes lots of memory, lots of time to boot. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's where it starts. And then, of course, so one thing is to reduce what goes into your app. And then the other step, which Quarkus is very good at, is to optimize what goes in. You know, you throw out what doesn't go in, and then you super optimize what goes in. Mm -hmm. And this is where where Quarkus sh shines. And and for me, that gives this new, new dimension of Java because Quarkus really does optimize Java. That that's what that's its core capability. You know, optimize Java mm -hmm. with those intimate knowledge of the frameworks driven by the extensions and this very smart architecture where we generate just the minimum initialization sequence for a framework. Mm -hmm. And that goes into the, the jar file. On standard hotspot de deployments, you know, no no magic there, no. Because a lot of people now, they're playing with Graal and stuff. But we optimize the, first we optimize the standard Java use case. Mm -hmm. And then when you start from this very optimized, uh, let's say, initial state, of course, when you give it to an AOT compiler, which is also very good at, you know, dead code elimination, you get this ridiculously small and fast uh, native executable. That's, yeah. that's, that's what happens. And a couple of weeks ago, I uh, migrated my for my blog. I have like uh, statistic systems, which is uh, over-engineered on purpose to demonstrate, you know, different Jakarta -E possibilities. And I migrated completely to Quarkus. And uh, it is immediately it, it it started. I may migrated what I just did. I replaced basically at stateless EJB with a request scope transactional. This is what actually happened. This was the, my transition. So it it took mm -hmm. I would say with everything you know Docker changing the Docker containers and Docker compose. This was on my server, so it was a little bit more infrastructure involved. I would say four hours everything, and uh, it immediately took less. Then uh, it was up about half, so it's hard to tell because the old server ran for months and the Quarkus was fresh. So I just you know, go to HTOP and look at the difference, and it was uh, uh, less uh, less than a half. And the interesting mm -hmm. part is it was the boot boot time was incredible fast. So in my case, I didn't have any you know pro problematic JPA queries. It was mm -hmm. like at most two seconds. And and before then it was probably ten seconds or eight seconds or something like this. Yeah, yeah. And I can tell you a bit more about this. Um, so uh, someone was asking in the forum. Uh, all right. So a lot of time was spent uh, um, uh, at boot time trying to set up the database connections, blah blah blah. So, so I mean, why Quarkus should be better there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
And then I talked with Sunny, who's, you know, our hibernate lead. Mm-hmm. And he offered this very useful insight, which is um, on a typical application, you know, hibernate starts and then it, it needs to find out the exact type of uh, dialect um, exactly. you're, mm-hmm. you're talking. And in doing so, it, it will typically, you know, try with load the few classes and then, you know, to find the right one and so on. Now, every, every class load will do at least three failed attempts in the class loader before it finds the right one. And then depending on the dialects, uh, you may have like 60 of them happening, uh, at, you know, this is a boot time. So, so with Quarkus, because we do this analysis at build time, uh, we do just one class load. So instead of like 60 failed attempts, you have one successful one from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and of course this explains it is a huge difference in, so it's not only the, the, let's say the JDBC driver, it's the whole stack above the driver up to your app that makes the application heavy. You are absolutely right. I forgot about mm-hmm. that. So you, you are also optimizing Hibernate. So what actually yeah. you, you are doing, you are reading, you know, the persistence XML in advanced. You can read all the JPA annotations and you can actually perform all the optimization at build time. So there is no almost no dynamic behavior at runtime. So this is a huge difference. So actually, it can save a lot of boot time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then uh, you know also the same things with the transaction manager. There are some optimizations there. So th- th- there's a lot you can do. Of course, uh, you might have some issues also, like um, in the native case, for example. Um, the, uh, you at, at the at, right now you have to decide what uh, language you're gonna include, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot change it at runtime because it's built in the image. Well, there, there, there are small nuances like this, but it's always a, a balance, you know. Do you want to go all the way to super optimized? Do you want something in between? Uh, but that that explains, and the people don't they don't know those details, obviously, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's quite interesting actually. Yeah. Um, and another a reference I have this is a startup. I just uh, wanted you know to to do a podcast with him. Say no, I have to start until I'm ready. But they're using uh, we switched to Quarkus and the application was uh, I would say uh, somehow complicated. It's a complicated app with uh, JPA and it was Eclipse Link. Now it's uh, Hibernate, so we had to migrate over to have the advantages and. Um, and uh, also the memory is less than a half. The uh, the native compilation worked right away. The whole migration took uh, about a day, as I remember. And mm-hmm. um, and the start time is incredible. It's like, uh, again, I think two, three seconds. And as I remember, the entire application consumed 60 megs of RAM. And before then, mm-hmm. it was uh, a, lo- a, a much larger. So it was a... Uh, um, it is hard to tell because usually what I did, I, I I'm I'm going to, to uh, even development. You know, with this minus x m s and mi- minus x m m x with uh, half mm-hmm. a gig. So my most of my servers just consume half a gig because they can. But I would assume mm-hmm. um, it would be not below two hundred fifty six megabytes. So I don't think so. And even if it were one one twenty eight, it's still a half. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. we just did it because of simplicity. We just okay, why not? Just try that. And then I, with the uh, native compilation, it was uh, way smaller. So it was incredible small. And um, yeah, this is what uh, what I can also tell you. And um, so this is, um, um, and the absolute killer feature from Quarkus, I would say, is uh, is killing uh, you know funky conversations. Because what I do right now is I build some MicroProfile or Jakarta app and then launch it with Quarkus. And I show, you know, look at this. A CRUD Hello World takes uh, five megs of RAM, and now mm-hmm. uh, no one complains anymore about memory. And then we use Whitefly, Open Liberty, whatever. And it's like if we have the chance, we can still at any time just migrate to Quarkus. It's not a big deal, and this kills you know all superfluous uh, conf- uh, conversations about I don't know RAM consumption or overhead or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe. Going back to to spring up API support um, mm-hmm. uh, again, I suggest you know you and people look at George's talk. It's quite explanatory. DevOps what? Is this uh, DevOps UK? DevOps BE. Okay, this is Belgium. Yeah. This is the. Um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, and um, well, uh, people are confused. You know when they see the first time. Oh, you know how 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 you do spring and the and the fact is we don't include spring. In Quarkus, we don't bring in Spring libraries. We just have some Spring APIs. And then what happens, the extension for that API, it essentially maps annotations onto whatever we use internal in Quarkus. Yeah? Cool. So so you get this thin layer that brings you the equivalent of a Spring functionality, but all the implementations are... You know what you know you will normally use in Quarkus, so like rest easy you know or or things like that so um so at the same time um like we got we did a buff, so we talked about it, and people were surprised, oh, there's no spring, so how you do spring? well, we emulate it, and then um someone asked okay how 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 difficult this is?" And then George explained that, that um, you know, if you know, you know Spring Boot well, and if you know the uh, the Quarkus equivalents, it's not that hard actually. Uh, for George, it took him like you know a few weeks mm-hmm. or a month at most to implement one of those APIs. Mm-hmm. So if you can turn out a you know, a new API every month. Well, in a year, you'll have quite a few, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and and for me personally, you know, the, the, that was always my the thing, my gripe with some APIs. You know, uh, there is a lot of stuff going on in the underlying implementations. So, Hibernate has been developed like for 15 years or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, you know, people put this thin API on top and they say, oh, yeah, it's great. It's my stuff. Well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a huge implementation underneath to make this work. And it's still optimized and it still evolves over, over those years. Um, but people don't get to see the underlying implementation. There's, you know, there's the, there's the thin layer and, you know, we yeah. put emphasis on that, but uh, no, you know, Hibernate it's not that is, hard. 
I, I, to do thing layers. <laughs> recently, we had uh, you know we had a workshop about migrating a two tier application to three tiers because they were forced to, and um, so we, they they used an old uh, persistence stuff, and we talked about it, and they assumed you know this is easy. And then I explained them, you know, what happens in the transactions, then there should be copy of the objects for each transactions, and uh, you will have to know to clone the work set and be very efficient when the objects are translated to SQL, and there's actually no way to implement such a thing uh, during a project. And mm -hmm. um, and this is what, 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 what developers do not appreciate at first, because... If you start, you know, with just plain GDBC, a little bit of reflection, you can build, you know, Hello World Hibernate in two hours. But making something which actually works concurrently, you will spend uh, years. And also yeah. funny story, uh, I was, uh, this was, like, I don't know, three years ago in insurance. And uh, we had a talk about architecture and say, this is no way that you have something like Hibernate or Eclipse Link uh, maintained during a project. And they, uh, they said, we are doing this. And I say, what? <laughs> so, yeah, we have our own, you know, object relational map, and this is not a problem. And then I keep asking, and what turned out is that the insurance company, they have a team of five developers to do nothing else than maintaining their own ORM system in-house. But I say, hey, yeah. look, five people, then I probably more resources than Red Hat has to maintaining Hibernate. I mean, then you should not sell insurances, you know, sell ORM mappers. And and then they found that what I mean impossible is mean it is not reasonable to create your own you know persistence if you are selling insurance right yeah it doesn't make sense and the same goes for many many things like imagine like wanting to have your own transaction manager right yeah it's it's just important I mean yeah. the one we use is like twenty years old twenty five yeah. yeah. there's so many edge cases you will never have thought about you know so oftentimes we think we're more smart than we are but we're not that smart right no <laughs> and, and we forget the problems this is also for me you know uh, if you yeah. move on you always forget the old stuff so we should uh, i always you know try to 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 start a new java se project without the servers just to remember threads and everything because you know jakarta and microprof is very convenient environment but you forget stuff just um Questions regarding the uh, the migration project. How big was the Spring Boot before the migration, roughly? So was it like, what was the problem? So how 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 much RAM did it consume? Do you know that, roughly? Are you talking about the Vodafone case? Yes. I don't know the exact number. I know the percentage, though. The, the reduction in memory was... 60%. 60%, okay. Uh, this is also expensive, interesting. On, on Hotspot, yeah. Why they... Uh, what it was the problem for the client. If they have lots of instances, this could be the problem. So they could say, yeah. probably they hit some hardware limit. They had so many instances and then they have to reduce the, the, the memory. Because, you know, what I'm just saying is memory is usually cheap. But even John, we had some conversation with John Klingen at, at various mm -hmm. conferences. And John also told me some clients, you know, they, they have problems with RAM. It's like, uh, why? What's, what's, what's actually the problem? Because what I do not understand is, let's assume... You know, let, let's assume Quarkus. So Quarkus mm -hmm. takes five megs of RAM, let's say Hello World, in native mode. But I cannot just start, you know, 1,000 instances on one machine because if they do something, I, there's no way that I will get 1,000 threads. You know, the problem is CPU mm -hmm. as well. So we we just don't need memory. We also need CPUs, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the, the memory argument is 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 very strong because it's, it, it maps to money, right? Let's say you pay a thousand now. Eh, well, if you p- can pay half of it, that's that's a big deal now. Uh, so that's that's a very strong argument. Okay. And then boot time also um, depends on the use case. You know, in some cases it doesn't matter too much. It matters in development for sure. You know, yeah. it makes your life great. Uh, but in some cases, you know, especially if you're into cloudy stuff and we have some demos where, you know, you started the same cluster, all sorts of different apps like Spring Boot, Node, Quarkus. And then you get this view where, you know, Spring Boot is doing starting and then Quarkus has 10 instances serving already. So it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's so nice to see, you know, just uh, scaling up to thousands and mm-hmm. then scaling down immediately. It, give, it gives more more possibilities, more, you know, more no, no, so so, right. that, so that's good, yeah. No, you're right, but because I hear no just the memory argument, and this is for me a little bit too simplistic. I say, okay, no, look, I mean, memory is cheap. What's your problem? But now I understand a little bit. Of course, that there, there is no reason to know if you can consume less memory, just do it, but it's not like the, the startup time is, uh, I think, uh, more important for me because uh, uh, the, uh, I mean, startup time or deployment time. So for either mm-hmm. way, and uh, startup uh, the the um, Quarkus is, is actually nice. And uh, again, we thought what I really like about Quarkus is this is my old programming model, one to one with uh, more efficient runtime. This is the true revolution. This is like you know. Uh, what I uh, I don't know whether you are aware there is a, a web framework called React which uh, mm-hmm. right now I don't use a lot still because I use the web standards but a few years ago I used uh, React five years ago and what they did they just replaced the rendering engine with something called Fiber and this is the mm-hmm. same old API but the rendering was like I don't know improved twice and this is for me is a revolution what is not mm-hmm. revolution like what Angular did that you had you know to migrate from one to two and you have you 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 have to completely rewrite your code this could be interesting but it's not as appealing for me so and this is yeah. uh, why i like quarkus because it's not like i have to you know learn a an an completely new api i just keep doing my old stuff but if i like i can also use no the reactive stuff i can use vertex uh, right away mm-hmm. for instance i would never consider to use vertex right because uh, there would be no dependency on Red Hat on another project, for me, it would be mission impossible, or this is outside of this, what I'm actually doing. But if let's say we are running Quarkus and it ships with Vertex and we have such a problem, and I mean, this is low hanging fruit, then just, you know, just use some reactive programming here locally and then just write simple code again later. So I would say there's complete new universe of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're lucky we're, very close to the Vertex team. So they actually report to me through their manager. So, <laughs> so that's good. You know, I can tell them what we want to do. Um, and uh, no, no, it's, we, we did also some optimizations to the, the core of Quarkus. So there's like a, a single stack where resources are shared, whether you do reactive or whether you do uh, imperative over servlet, over... Uh, over rest easy, um, you know, a lot of efficiency in there. And 
and there will be more there will be more and basically i will want to ask you you know um what would you like to see next coming with quarkus you know the base is there but uh we're always interested in uh, community feedback so from your point of view what, what's missing uh before i do this um the uh give you an example so in in uh not what's um, to the question before for instance, Vertex. So in one project, we wanted to push uh, proactively from client to JavaScript app, um, app and uh, usually we'd use WebSockets. We wanted to use SSE because of uh, yeah proxy settings and stuff like that and firewalls, so uh, server sent mm -hmm. events. And um, I knew that um, that uh, Quarkus uses Vertex and I told the developer, just look at Vertex. And uh, and I say, okay, what I will do, I was not sure whether it would work on Quarkus. I would just use the JaxRS API, which I knew with SSE events mm -hmm. broadcaster. And um, yeah. so it worked right away. And behind the scenes, it uses Vertex. And the other guys, they really struggled with Vertex because Vertex is extremely powerful. There's lots of settings, but uh, we just wanted to know to push. So actually, I was I was ready right away. It took for not not even one hour. And uh, my, my, my uh, proof of concept was running. And then we are using right now standard JaxRS, which uses Vertex behind the scenes. So this is actually a perfect case. What what happened? It was a uh, two two months ago. So um, it's it's really your choice. It's really I mean, yeah, yeah. It's but this is just to, to stick with a higher level API, and it exactly. will be very efficient. Or you can go like with a low level API, low level, very you know. You have you have a total control what you want to do if you use directly Vertex, you know, for the more peculiar cases or the more, you know, super high performance ones. I don't know. Um, yeah. So you know, best best of both worlds. Like for for me, it's win win. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, exactly. So this is what I meant. We stick with the higher AV, uh, higher level APIs, and if we know more optimization, we could just pick up you know the Vertex, which is great. So. Uh, about the community, mm -hmm. what I can tell you, what I get the questions. So, and uh, most of the stuff is covered, but the questions right now is, for instance, uh, I got several questions during the AHEX TV and also during conferences and projects. Uh, what's mm -hmm. about password and 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 uh, credential encryption on OpenShift, which is basically covered with your uh, Vault integration? So you have the HashiCorp Vault uh, extension, which uh, this is what mm -hmm. the community requested and. This is basically solved. What uh, what uh, I think is a little bit this is not issue at all is uh, OpenShift or Kubernetes integration, because uh, usually you would have you know um, source to image, but you don't need mm -hmm. source to image with uh, Quarkus because it ships with the uh, configuration documentation. So what I do, I just have plain uh, builds with OpenShift without our so source to image. But mm -hmm. I think it's not that clear right now that you can do this. So I did. I, yeah. I created a YouTube screencast doing that. But uh, I get some question. Oh, you you do you implemented source to image for Payara and for Whitefly? What I will do with Quarkus? It's like actually, it's not needed. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. what what I would see like EJB compatibility layer, which just would replace at stateless with request scoped and transactional, for instance. So it would make you know the migrations even almost seamless most of the projects. So what you did you know with the Spring 
By the way, the Spring layer, it reminds me of the Wine compatibility layer on the Linux, right? Like Linux, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, EJB, in general, we want to stay away from EJB because it, it's it's big. It's And it probably if you start, it will... Some yeah. place it will bring bring more 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 more. So in this case, you know, either would have to limit it to some very popular use case, you know, stateless plus something, you know, um, or else it might blow up and become, you know, like you you have You're to right. implement ten. In which case, you know, just stick with Wildfly or the other servers and. Uh, it's gonna work as well. <laughs> Actually, this could yeah. be a com community uh, action because what I just thought, you know, just not implementing EJBs, not even you know adding compatibility layer, just replacing it stateless with uh, request scope transactional. And uh, another common case is we have Singleton startup that the mm -hmm. post construct is invoked on boot, which also supports by Quarkus. So there will be the most cases. But you are right. If you start with that, you get you know more and more requests, and then you just you know playing with the EGB containers, because this my project were trivial to 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 migrate. Mm -hmm. We don't use a lot from EGBs, but we're just using you know the conventional transactions which you get with transactional, mm -hmm. and we use the yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And the cool story with Quarkus is I didn't measure this, but I will have to do this. Usually EGBs were faster than um, than CDI. Because mm -hmm. um, if you have EJB, it uh, it is instantiated once and pulled, mm -hmm. and all the dependencies are just cached. But I think with Quarkus, it could be even possible that the request scope is as, as fast as EJB because you don't do the reflection to identify the injection points. Everything is hardwired. So the, I think there is, you know, my case where I use EJBs to have 20% better performance than CDI uh, is uh, no more necessary in Quarkus because uh, even re so request scope is reinstantiated on every request. The whole mm -hmm. dependency graph does not require reflection to inject the dependencies. Well, we have to benchmark it. And, and, this could be interesting, yeah. yeah. I will, yeah. But, because, yeah. but it's hard to benchmark this because there is no Quarkus with EGBs. There's just Quarkus without EGBs. So we'll have to benchmark it against Whitefly, let's say. And then this is not that fair, but it could be interesting, right? Yeah. Well, we would write some something equivalent and then see how it behaves. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's, it's an interesting comparison, though. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this, what I get also requests is, you know, um, not JSON Web Token, it's well covered by MicroProfile, supporting the entire flow. So, uh, this is somehow already solved because KeyCloak with the gateway does exactly that. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm could be also something what. Uh, so what they would like to do is that um, if you communicate with Quarkus, Quarkus, you know, does the entire flow uh, with Keycloak, the um, OAuth2 flow, and mm -hmm. then you get the JSON Web Token. Okay. I got this question, but this is, uh, yeah. Um, but anything else I would say? It's, I mean, I mean, the main job would be to document all the stuff or not document to, you know, to evangelize the stuff that's already there. For instance, what mm -hmm. I really appreciate, small things in Quarkus, you know, um, uh, cores. So the cores filter ships with Quarkus. This is a big mm -hmm. deal because uh, usually I have to use JAXRS, you know, interceptors or servlet filters to set up the cores headers. I'd, I use it, mm -hmm. I need it 
and all my projects. And now I can just say, you know, uh, what is this uh, netty course true? And I have my course filter. So um, I mean, I, I would say right now I'm very happy. So we should be careful about what is core and what is universe and uh, not to overwhelm the community with choices, I would say. So there mm -hmm. the, the should be a smart way of maintaining this. This is this is the problem, you know. So, so yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. no, that's fine. I think we, we definitely need to do better work. Uh, well, documentation is not bad right now with the guides. That is perfect. Uh, I know at, at least two books that are coming from cool. you know diff different guys. Um, there will be more stuff on the reactive side. Uh, I think we're we're just starting there. Um, and and you talked about OpenShift. Um, of course, it's like our a very important target for us to to work very well on OpenShift. Uh, now it's it, things are a bit fluid also because o o OpenShift evolves as well, mm -hmm. and the tooling around it. You know, it's in in many aspects it's a bit of a wild west. You know, this cloud native uh, yeah. land, land, landscape. So for us also, you know, it's, we start with this assumption and then six months after it's something else. Uh, but uh, we're looking carefully into it. Now we're setting up a, a sub-team to, you know, to to make this better. Uh, uh, and I think, yeah, you, you, you'll see some things coming out cool. from that direction as well. Cool. So cool. perfect. Yeah. This was a nice conversation with you again. So, uh, yes, <laughs> definitely. So I, I, I'll see you in some conference sometime, you know, I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and keep it up. And, um, you know, maybe you could do, you know, some session with uh, Georgios also. Uh, he's our spring ex expert. So he yeah, but I have uh, no no experience with Spring Boot. I would just convince Giorgio to you know, migrate over to Jakarta. It's a whole session. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> this would be a disaster, yes. I would say. Right? Indoctrination, yeah. yeah. All no, right, um, no a session, a podcast yours. session would be nice with him. This would be nice. So, uh, All right, cool. Yeah, perfect. So thank you. And where people can find you again? Do you have your all you know? Yeah, uh, uh, well, Twitter, Dandriadis, my name. Mm -hmm. I had a blog. I'm not, I don't write too often. Not, don't have much time. But uh, well, t Twitter is is his thing. Yeah. Okay. And what's your role again with Quarkus? So what's how how you spend all? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm the engineering director. I I'm I'm running the extended Quarkus team. You know, as an as an engineering manager, more or less. Mm -hmm. So, so Quarkus has people that either are, are inside my organization, uh, but we also cooperate with other departments in Red Hat. So, yeah, trying to make this thing work and cool. uh, make a product out of it. Okay. Perfect. Thank you a lot. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.